Hey, you know what's crazy? Somebody hit me up last week and was talking about our question. Um, was talking about our question for like war prison, like that's tough. And and so we we had to run it back with an even tougher question this week. Uh so let me let me make sure I got the rules right here. Let me make sure I got the rules right to to know that I'm okay. So you yeah, so th- today's would you rather is you have to do one of these things, all right? You got to be in a 10-year marriage, at least 10 years, with one of these people. A 10 with a terrible personality or a 6 with a great personality. That shouldn't, be as th- that shouldn't be as tough of a question as, it sh- as, as, you know, as we're making it out to be. Like, the obvious question, the obvious answer should be a 6 with a good personality, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for any of us who ever bagged a 10... No one didn't feel like to step outside with one. <laughs> so you going with the 10 is what I'm hearing. I'm not. 10 year marriage, I'm going with the six for sure. Easily. Right, right, right. Okay. Just, just because like, even if you with somebody that's bad, that bad personality is going to shine through quick. And if you in a 10 year marriage, you're going to be sick of that by the end of year, year one, regardless of how bad they are. And you, you know, you know, the part that really made this easy for me, it didn't say like, a, like, it didn't say like, oh, they have this bad trait. Like, it's like, oh, she's a 10, but she snores or like, uh, she's a 10, but like, she's a Disney right. or something I like can that. get over that. You're talking about a bad personality. Like, there's like, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, their personality is going to be bad for me. Oh, right. no. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in no relationship where you come to the crib for work. You just got to sit in the driveway for a couple of minutes. It's just it's like, <sighs> and you know, what's crazy. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I have never sat in my car for like a long period of time. Like when I'm happy with life, like I've never <laughs> yeah. sat in my car. Like, <laughs> you get bro. out the car whistling like Andy. Griffin. Oh God. Oh God. You, bro, you get out the whip, just excited. Just like, oh, I'm so happy to be home. I'm so happy to be at the crib. Like, this is great. When you miserable, you just be sitting in the car like, mm, this is tough, man. This is tough. Chris, which one are you going with, man? Which one are you going with? Let's uh, see if Chris surprises us today. Because we know the answer we think is going right, to pop up. Right, right. We know the answer we think is going to pop up. Does he surprise us? I mean, it's for sure the answer y'all think. It's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so let, me, let me explain to the audience, okay? So me... I got an act for falling in love with beautiful women. I mean, well, I wouldn't even say falling in love. I got an act for 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 choosing beautiful women. Not even get to know them right away, but choosing beautiful women. Yeah, I've, choosing. I've definitely gotten better. I, I've got better in in my later years, and um, also, um, I do think that I have an act for developing talent or developing anything, you know? So my thought process <laughs> you, is- You Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> my thought process is- Hey, what's, what's the coach badge? What's the coach badge? The one that's like uh, the little- the little, uh, Hey boy, mentor. Yeah, mentor. <laughs> so, so my thought process is, you give me the 10, I might be miserable for a little minute though. But eventually, I'll get through to her and have her hit her full potential if you take it to the sports world. You know what I mean? She'll be full potential no, by year bro. three. I just got to deal with it. And then every time I go up, 
I, she with me. We have a kid. I ain't got to worry about it looking like yuck mouth in them and pookie in them. Hey, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait a minute. That's very not true. Beautiful people get together and make ugly kids all the time. They Man. do. Like, they do all the time. They do. They do. They do. But, 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 but your chances are a lot lower when you got somebody that look okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm, I mean, and look at me. I, I got faith in me too, so. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, man. This this not even hard for me. This wasn't even like a, a thought in my mind. It got to be the, the six easy. And let me tell you why. So, like, so far in my life, I have, like, only, like, number one, the easiest part of why this is, like, a six for me is I don't, the, the women that I, like, typically go for and all that is, like, what I find attractive. Like, right. I find things attractive that are not conventionally attractive. Like, Tall, powerfully built women is like that's kind of a thing for me. Like that's I don't. <laughs> oh, oh, is I do not. Oh, absolutely. I don't. I don't like. I don't like like small and dainty is like mm, not exactly my thing. But that's what's shout out attractive. to the short queens out there. Gives not me. Shout out to the short queens. It's no. It's no disrespect. It's not. Listen. It's no disrespect. It's not like oh y'all are hideous. Y'all are gross. Just not my cup of tea. It's just right. not my thing. Um, now, if it had to be like a six to me. That's a little different. That's a little tougher. Uh, but even still, I I probably still go with the six because again, it's it's easy. Like at the end of the day, somebody who make your life easier to me, it's not enough. I see you nephews in the world to be worth it. Like it's just not <laughs> right. It's just not to be like miserable. Like, bro, why are we fighting at the family reunion? What are you doing? Knock it off. Like, what is you? You know what I mean? It's it's, just, it's it's tough. If you if you've ever been in like a real bad relationship where y'all was always arguing and it was always problems, you know you know that six is is, is worth it. It's worth it in this instance. To, listen, I don't care what that ten got going on. Hard pass, hard pass. Terrible personality. But it's ten years, yo. Like imagine dealing with that for ten years. I'm just I'm saying as from a perspective I mean, of somebody who's had both, yo. You also waking up to that every day for ten years. I mean. And Chris, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Y'all, most people know how I get down, but just in case you don't. Yeah. I mean, looking at a 10, you know what I mean? Like waxing a 10 on a regular. That's going to be elite. That's going to be top tier. Great. But like, again, at the same time, terrible personality, like, like terrible. Like that's tough. I, I, I can't. What am I gonna do with that? What am I? You out here snapping at the waiters, talking about why are you tipping them? They don't deserve my, like. What are you doing? What are you, right. Like, nah, bro. I can't. I can't take you nowhere. You, you, you embarrassing me. I don't care how bad you are. Once I get to a point in a relationship, once like you get on my nerves, it's no bouncing back from that. Oh God! And let me tell you, this this the last thing I'm gonna say on it, and then I'm gonna move on. With like. So, like, one of the things that I do, and I know that this happens with me, is, like, all of the people who are, like, integral to my life, all the people who are, like, very deeply entwined in my life, when I think of them, there's normally a song that comes to mind. There's normally, like, something that, like, oh, there's a melody or something that... Like the minute I start thinking about like baby trying to scam it when I when I see you, like I don't. This is not a good time. This is not gonna work out. Like this is just not what we need to do. So my boy said he about to think about we cry together. 
Oh, listen, absolutely not. That's a song, man. Exactly. It's hilarious. If I start thinking about Kendrick when I'm talking about you, oh, my, you got to go. I don't care what Kendrick song. If I'm thinking about Kendrick, you got to go. You got to go. That's hard pass there. But we got to talk about another relationship that, you know, the Lakers thought Russ was a 10. What happened to that boy? (laughs) We got to talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey relocating out to the West as well. And a a World Series that is going to be absolutely fantastic between the Phillies and the Astros. We got two baseball guys, so we got to talk about it. And before we get out of here, we also got to talk about who's off to the most surprising start in the NBA. Some good, some bad. That's all like a good show to y'all. Sound good to me. Yep. All righty. All right, well, let's get this thing rolling. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master, the mix and master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That's me, Ken Gibbs. Now, fellas, please tell me this, okay? What team in the NBA is off to the, the, the start that either for good or for bad is surprising you the most. What team has you like, well, wait a minute now, this might be something. Talk to me. Um, I'm going to have to go with Philly. Mm, okay. I'm going to have to go with that? Philly. Philly starting the season one and three. And even through those four games, the one like shining spot um, on their team has been Harden and Embiid. Harden has been playing at a, at a much better level than I anticipated. I know, I know, Chris was probably waiting on that. And Embiid has been playing at an MVP level, but in, in my opinion, the Sixers got one of the deepest rosters in the league. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of depth. They got a lot of size. They got a lot of shooters. They got a lot of defense. And I thought that you know, after how last season took place, those role players, which they brought back majority of the same team, those role players would have been ready to step up, and they've been playing uh, awful basketball. And I don't know if that's something that's going to last the rest of the season, but in in the modern NBA, a two-man game is, is not going to work. So if they don't step it up, the Sixers might be in trouble, because a two-man game is not working in the modern NBA. I understand. I understand. That's that's a very valid point. Chris, who's your biggest surprise so far? Uh, my biggest surprise is them Bulls. It's like, I don't know. I was not high on the Bulls this year. They started off last year real good, but I was like, they ain't going to start with Alonzo this year. They going to struggle. But them Bulls, they 2-2, two and two, they 500. They had a pretty tough opening season schedule, you know. I was shocked at that one. Uh, especially beating the Celtics last night, too. It was, like, really, really surprising. But um, I thought DeMar DeRozan was going to kind of start start dro- dropping down a little bit in his, in his athleticism a little bit. He is almost 35 years old. But he's still looking healthy, dropping 37 on them boys, cooking them young boys. But the Bulls, it was like a team that I kind of rode off this year. I, I wasn't high on them this year, but they look pretty good. It is amazing to see this Bulls offense be carried by mid-range menace in 2022. That is crazy to think. He shoot the three now, though, Gibbs. I mean, he shoots it better than he did in in Toronto and at a higher volume, for sure. But the majority of his buckets are coming from that mid-range still, even now. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, that's that's absolutely crazy. But I'm going to tell you... I got one that nobody seems to be talking about, and I get it. They're a small market, and, you know, their coach, you would expect them to win some games and all that. 
The Spurs. They're three they and nice. one. Now, let me ask you this. Who's the best player on the Spurs? Who's the best player? Mm, Keldon Johnson, I would say. Keldon no, Johnson. The, the, that one young dude, uh, what's his name, Vassar or whatever? He I was just about to say, I don't, I don't think Keldon Johnson has led them in scoring once this season. I don't, I don't think he's led them in scoring uh, once I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Vassar young. Let him I wasn't going to get him. I w- I wasn't gonna get Vassar over Keldon just this fast. It's only been four, four, five games, you know. Hey, I understand. All I'm saying is he ain't the the guy that you would normally think about. Keldon Johnson played on the Olympic team, all that. You would think that that's the guy. He hasn't been their w- option one at anything, and they're three and one. It's a lot like a team we're gonna talk about later, where the math just isn't mathing. Things are yeah. happening, and you're sitting here like, wait. How are they winning basketball games? And it's not only that they're winning basketball games, it's who they're beating and how they're beating them. They have wins so far this season over, I want to say it's the 76ers, the Timberwolves. Let me let me pull this up to make sure I got this information correct. So they have wins so far this season over the Timberwolves, 76ers, and the Pacers and the Hornets. Now the Hornets and Pacers, I mean, I mean the Hornets, sure, right? Like the only thing the Hornets are good at this year is catching charges, and I'm not talking about on the court. I got you. <laughs> I give you that. 27 the, days. Hey, listen. They they got a lot going on over there. Uh, the, the Pacers, legitimate win. The, the 76ers and the Timberwolves, that's crazy. That is I, – I couldn't have guessed this. I could, And actually, they lost to the uh, Hornets. That's so. Let me correct myself. They lost. They got blew out by the Hornets, which is the most surprising part. Right. You get you get blew out by the Hornets and then beat the three teams that are much better than them. I hey Pop, we thought you should retire. We thought we was gonna have to put you out the pasture. He said, "Not so fast, my friends. I still got some fight left in me." So that's that's great to see. That's that's a real good thing to see there. And now let's talk about something that isn't as surprising, but. It seems to be that many people are are kind of relishing in what's going on in this moment. Russell Westbrook, what's going on with him? What's the problem with Russ, folks? Talk to me. Okay. I'm going to say Oh, and by the way, the Lakers are 0-3 and he missed a game winner. You know, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. I'm going to say something that's crazy and y'all going to call me crazy. I don't think Russell Westbrook a bad basketball player and I still think he got some good seasons left in him. Okay, and, and I, what, I, what, I think, what's the problem? Tell, tell I think what's going on? basketball. I think what Russell Westbrook has um, surpassed the level in his career where his just God given talent on the basketball floor outweighs the scheme and the system that he's in. And at the very best, he's the third option on that team, and you can't really play your game when you're the third option. The Lakers have terrible spacing. They clog the floor. Russell Westbrook has been a ball handler since 2000. When was he a freshman in UCLA? 2008? Something like that. Yeah. And before that, he was playing point guard in high school. So he's been a ball handler since 2005. So he's not handling the ball. He's not a spot up shooter, which LeBron needs on his team. He has to get into the paint to either create buckets for himself or kick the ball out. Every, everything that we've known Westbrook, Westbrook to be good at at this point, he's not able to do with the talent that's on the Lakers roster. So I don't mm-hmm. think that he's bad whatsoever. I just think that in the system that the Lakers have, there's no way for them to succeed. I don't I don't 
I didn't understand the, the idea in the first place. Like, I understand Westbrook is a big name and having that big three, but like, it's nothing about Westbrook that appeals to what the Lakers have as a roster. They need to gut that whole thing. If they're going to keep LeBron, I say trade AD in the process too. Mm. But I think if you sent Russell Westbrook somewhere else with some younger players and he was the primary ball handler, Russell Westbrook would have a, a, a perennial all-star season or two left in him. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, very strongly disagree on that note, but don't worry about it. I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some space to get that takeoff for the moment. <laughs> Chris, what you think? What's going on with Russ Brick and these Lakers, man? Um, I actually agree with Guyton. I actually agree with Guyton. If you look at every team that tried to put together a big three in the last 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it hasn't been to this degree or it's three superstars. But if you look at those teams, the third guy numbers dropped dramatically. But that third guy always had the one thing in their back pocket, right? We look at the big three Celtics, right? I'm taking it back to 08. You look at the big three Celtics. You had Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen. Yeah, Which Ray one Allen. would y'all say took the Ray, Ray Allen was the third? Was the third right? Ray Allen was the third. Yep. He had exactly. the yapper on him. He could shoot. He had the yapper on him. You look at 2009, 2010, 2011 at those big threes. We're going to go to the Heat. Who was the third option? Bosh. Bosh. And he what? Had the yapper on him. He could yep. shoot. He could pull that thing <laughs> okay. from me. Okay. We go more recent. You had KD, Clay, and Curry. What could they all do? Oh, they could all shoot, shoot the, the blood out the ball. Mm-hmm. They could shoot the blood out that thing, boy. So if 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 Gibbs, you got a saying that you say all the time, get me going when you say it. Cause I'll be at work. I'll be like, you know what? We're gonna be all right because I know this law. The law of averages always repeats itself. Oh yeah, the law. So if you look at historical data, historical data, you tried to bring in somebody to be a third option. When you got two people, one can shoot a little bit, the other one up and down with shooting. And you brought him over there. He's not a specialist as a third option. What did you really expect? What did you really think you were going to gain adding that type of piece to the team? Now, granted, he still hasn't even accepted that third seat. In the rotation. You know, he still wants to shoot 15 more shots a game. It was games where Kevin Love on that big three, he only shot 10 shots, but he made six of them or seven of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbury has to realize that for one, but the team is also not set up for him to succeed in that way. He's not a shooter. He's not a specialist in anything. He's an all-around basketball player that can shoot some days when he's feeling it and he can't shoot, can't hit the penny in the ocean other days. So when you have him in a bad situation, all of his bad habits are going to be real clear and present because he's going to try to do things that he got him successful in the league. If you sent him to a team, honestly, if you put him on a team with a bunch of shooters, like if you threw him, and just check this, check this out, check this out. If you threw Russell Westbrook right now, right now, onto the Warriors instead of, and, and let's just say we took out Draymond, right? And let's just say he played with Curry and Clay. Russell Westbrook would be the point guard, had a ball in his hand, and Curry and Clay would pay off a of Westbrook easily, easily. Mm-hmm. The floor would be so spread, you wouldn't be able to guard Russell Westbrook head straight up. Hey, um, um, I know that we talked about this last week, but uh, I already purchased the home drug testing kits, and I'm going to send one to both of y'all location. Um, <laughs> this... I, I'm going to just read some stuff for y'all, and I, I need y'all to, to hear me out here, okay? Give me a guess on what y'all think Russell Westbrook is shooting from the field right now. 
Oh, probably oh, 27 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Give me what see, you think he's shooting from the field. Yeah, I'd say uh, on the season, yeah, I'd say about about twenty five percent somewhere around there. Okay, both of y'all underestimated him a little bit. Twenty eight point nine. I already talked about this before while we were in pre production. He's shooting eight percent from deep. Now here's my thing. We know he's not a three point shooter. That's not his game. We know that. They are leaving him open, uncontested. Baby, if you are a good player and I give you the ball on the perimeter and you're a guard, you need to be able to do something to positively impact the game. Something. Something. I'm not saying that you got to be, you know, you got to be Steph Curry and every time they kick it out to you, oh, that's bunny every time. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you got to be Chauncey Billups. I'm not saying you got to be uh, um, anything great. You should at least give me like a bad George Hill year. That's what I at least need out of a guard. If they're going to leave you open and say, hey, he's self-checked. What? And don't but, get me but wrong. But saying a bad George Hill, George Hill almost shot 40% for three for three years straight. That's why I said a bad George Hill year. Because on his I'm, worst I'm years, saying, he shot like 30%. His, and his worst on his years, he worst shot like 30%. I mean, still, 30% is not terrible for a third that's not, option. You know? That's not 30% is not terrible in the NBA overall. But if you're talking about a third option in the big three, 30% is like, you kind of need to get that. Like, you're not the person the defense is focused on, so you're not taking tough, contested threes. You're taking, uh, you know, we we lock down Brown and AD. Hey, if he hit that shot, we live with that. Okay, great. Right. You need to make them live with that. My my whole problem is this. I do agree that this system, this team is not constructed conducive to what Westbrook can do. But even in watching those games, who has Westbrook blown by this year? Who has he beaten off the dribble this year? I mean, I've seen him hit that little pat that Westbrook like stutter step and get to the rack, but he smoked the layup about every time I seen him. <laughs> Do but it. But that's my point. I you gotta finish but the blow. That's also this ain't AM one. You I, can't just I, I get it. sauce him in that I count. But also, also that's the product of his environment, though. Gives he hasn't really been in a rhythm yet this year, you know. I and that's and that's another reason why I say I can't. How many of the players that we say, hey, this player's a perennial all-star, you like, hey, they need to get in the rhythm. They need to get... I love me some K Cunningham. I think one day he's going to be a perennial all-star. I don't think he is that now because I think he's still a little immature in terms of how he approaches coming into the season and he needs to get worked up and get in that rhythm in order to get rolling. That's why I think he's not a perennial all-star. I think the same can be said for Westbrook, which is why I'm like, hey, I can't... I can't give you that love of I think you're still a really good player when you need to be pumped and primed in order to like, and you need to take 20 shots a game and the system has to be built around you in order for you to get going. Because if that's the case, how many players in the the NBA are really good if you put an entire system that revolves around just them and they get 20 shots a game? I mean, they in the NBA for a reason. I feel like... Every player that's in the league almost. <laughs> and that's my point. At that point, if you build a system around Vucevic and give him 20 shots a game, we saw it in Orlando. We thought that he was like the second coming to like dirt just with a, a better post game. That's what people thought at the time when you was like, hey, he taking 20 shots a game. They got a lot of shooters to space the floor around him. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if we got to do all those things to make you look good, I can't give you that love that you're still a good player, bro. I can't give you that love. I can't. I don't think that he's like 
I don't think he's as bad as his numbers are saying because I do agree that the situation is hurting his numbers. But at the end of the day, 8% is 8% is 8%. You're getting paid 40 mil, dog. 40 mil to go. Man, I go one for 12. I go one for 12 for four. Give me four hills and watch me watch me go better than one for twelve from for me. <laughs> especially, especially if I, all the other guys, especially I if all know. the other guys are like, "Hey, man, he self check." I'm gonna be you like, know, "You give me four at, M's, I'm gonna go three for twelve at least." That's three what I'm saying. Listen, I'm, I'm give me four M's. I'm in the gym. I'm putting up a thousand shots a day. I'm like, "Yo, we hey Hall of Fame grind." Uh, what what's that gym rat badge? Give me that. Bro, you giving me M's? Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. This is all I'm doing. Hey Ken, what you doing? I'm hooping. Hey Ken, yep. you want to come to dinner? I'm hooping. But do you <laughs> right. want? I am hooping. Like that, you know. I so let me ask y'all this. What do you think the solution is for the Lakers and for Westbrook? What do y'all? What would y'all solutions be for that? Break it all up before the All Star break get here. I mean, before the trade deadline gets here. I mean, if you don't, I mean, it's nothing to be worried about. What chemistry doesn't really matter at that point in the season. I feel like the Lakers' chances at not even contending, probably making the playoffs at this rate, is going to be dead in the water. So I don't see. Why you don't break it all up, get some young pieces in there, try to get a good pick in the draft and see what you can do with some young shooters and some young players that LeBron can mentor if you know, since he's dedicated to staying in LA. I would honestly I would I would up. trade I would trade Westbrook for uh p- pennies on a dollar because there's no team out there. If if it was a team out there willing to trade for Westbrook, they would have done it already. And he's not right. going to be able to raise his stock with LeBron and AD on the floor. And if I'm the Lakers, I honestly would trade AD as well. I mean, I I get it. I get it. I'm I'm not sure if I go as far as trading AD. I'm not sure if I do that, but I get where you're going. I get where you Chris. Oh, wait, wait. So wait a minute. What's your solution for Westbrook, Josh? What's your solution for Westbrook? Solution for Westbrook? Get in the gym and get up some shots until you get traded. You're a professional okay. athlete. I understand you got a family, but you know, outside of you playing basketball games, that's literally your job when you got free time. I'm sure you in the gym. I don't know what he's doing in the gym besides shooting the ball. It's no other part of his game at this point in his career that needs work. So I don't understand why he's not with a, a professional trainer or a shooter or whatever the case may be. If he is getting those shots and still not making them, maybe that's something mental that he needs to go talk to a, a professional about. Something, but I don't see any reason why he's not just getting up jump shots. Okay, Chris, what's your solution for the Lakers? My solution for the Lakers is um, you, I, I, don't, I think the opposite guy. I don't think you can and build for the future with only one draft pick in 2027. They gave up their future when they acquired Anthony Davis and a couple other pieces. That's what so, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Flip AD. Oh, on a on a prayer, you might be able to get a draft pick for Westbrook. You could for sure can get some draft picks for AD. 100 percent well, You'll probably get you'll get some second round picks for Russell Westbrook and probably some some salary fillers. Because it's $47 million you gotta make make up. You can't just get picks. You got to actually trade for some decent players because he makes $47 million. That is true. My solution for the Lakers is simple. As simple as this. You go to Westbrook, you don't give him no choice. You say, look, your attitude has been terrible. You coming off the bench, you're going to shred second units. So I don't care what you say. You're coming off the bench and you're going to shred second units. And you literally let him go out there with anybody that can, that think they can shoot. And you just let Russ Westbrook cook. Let Russ cook. That's what you do. You let Russ cook. You say you are going to bully second units. You're going to bully second units. And you know what, Chris? I agree. 
That's my fix for Westbrook. It, Josh, you muted. I couldn't hear you. No, oh, my bad. I said that that's actually a great option. And I was just about to say that's that's what I would want for Westbrook. My solution for Westbrook is stop all this. Oh, I don't know how to come off the bench nonsense. Coming off the bench could literally revive your career. You could yeah. be the sixth man of the year. You could you could do that. You could be one of the first guys ever to win MVP and sixth man of the year. You can do that. You and, and the thing about it is, you said it right. Perfect. You do that right. Teams be like, mm-hmm. oh, Russ Westbrook still got some play in him. And then you go to the right situation. They try to bring you off the bench right. and you overperform. You back in your starting lineup. Exactly. You a free agent next year. Yeah. You should be playing like you got money on the line. You have exactly. money on the line. And that and that is my point exactly. For Russ, that be a big kid and say, oh, I don't know if I can come off the bench. Oh, I, I've never done this before. And I think they're coming off the bench. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it's the NBA. How many guys in the NBA period are used to coming off the bench? How many? If if you're in the NBA, when you look at the percentages, you're 1% of 1% of 1% of even mm-hmm. high school players, of even college players, you're 1% of 1%. None of these guys are used to coming off the bench. There's very few. Devin Booker's story is so unique because he was one of the few guys who did not start in college that turned out to be a lot more in the NBA than he did in college. Everybody else, guess what? Nine times out of 10, they were the guy on their team. Most of these guys, they were the guy. Have y'all ever seen, ah, I can't even think of a player right now, but there's a player that's in the NBA right now that's like the mid of me, and in high school, he was like KD. I mean, that, that, that describes a lot yeah, that's, of that's, that's, I was about yeah, Every that, player in the league. <laughs> every player in the league that's not playing, Michael Porter Jr., he was the, the a, a god amongst men in high school. What happened? He had one back injury, and all of a sudden, it's like, eh, he's all right. Mm. Like, you, you look at so many players, so many. We could really go down the list of almost every you know player one that's not that, in that, that, that One player that, that don't get big minutes for everybody's start, but he was a dog in high school. Who? Patrick Beverly, bro. Patrick Beverly. Yeah. He put up like he put up like what forty a game or thirty five a game, yeah. something crazy I, I like think, that. I think Don Maker is who I'm thinking about. Oh, he was oh, good too. Man. Yo, Don Maker yeah. was it? Was, was a dog. His his highlight tape was so crazy because it was like you couldn't get off nothing at the rim. He was knocking down threes. If he yeah. got you in the post, that was over too. But that's my point. All of these guys, if you put them in a regular gym against regular guys, everybody's the guy. When you get to the NBA, you have to accept my role may change over time. You were the guy for 10 years, Russ. Now is right. the time to take a little bit of a backseat. And, and it might be temporary, too, you know? And think about this. How many players have come off the bench? How many? How many? Or better yet, how many players never came off the bench? How many of the greats never came off the bench? Jordan and who else? Bro. I mean... Kobe, but Brock, Brock career not even over. Kobe came, it, off the, Kobe came off the bench for three years. I was just about to say, Kobe came off the bench That's to start his injury, career. Though. That was just off the No, to start his career, he came off you the bench. About, oh, you, I thought you were talking about once they got to the starting role, they stayed the starting role. My bad, my bad. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm saying in the NBA in general, almost all these guys, almost yeah. everybody at some point, Chris, you said Brock could play till 45. If he played till 45, guess what? He's going to be coming off the bench at some point in time. He's going to be giving you 15, lie. 8, and 8 at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's the reality. That's the reality, bro. Russ has to get in reality. He's not living in reality right now. In his mind, he has this like 
caricature of himself that's big bad dick the bruiser that just can't be stopped that can do whatever you want to do that's not you anymore it's not right so maybe accept the new role listen you're gonna get to cook mo williams i mean not mo williams uh well yes basically you get second teams <laughs> you get second you get to cook you get to cook those types of characters a bunch of times for you. I was thinking of Lou Williams, but I said Mo. You get to cook guys like that. That's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be cooking Tony Snell. Do it. Take the opportunity. Take the mm. opportunity to do that. For the Lakers, the fix to me is easy. Again, tell Russ, you got two choices. Come off the bench and do things the right way. Go about your business like a professional. Smile, dance, whatever we got to do to get this thing, you know, copacetic and all that. Or we're going to ship you off to the worst situation possible. And at this point, your trade value is so low. Like, I I would want you to be amnesty. But if we can get like a second round back for you, sure, we'll do that. We'll, we'll take a, a middle of the second round pick back for you. So the choice is yours. But the answer is yes, buddy. What do you want? What do you want to do here? So that's that's my answer for both of those uh, situations. And sticking on the West Coast, but in a slightly different sport, Christian McCaffrey is now a 49er. Tell me this, fellas, because we know the Panthers are in all-out tank mode even though they won a game immediately after trading Kirsten McCaffrey, which just why. But with that being said, uh, does this trade move the needle on the 49ers for you? Uh, No. Mm. Not at all, actually. Why not? I think they're a fringe, fringe, maybe fringe playoff team, even adding Christian McCaffrey. But I is is Christian McCaffrey, regardless of how good we've seen him be over the past four seasons, he's still mm-hmm. a running back in the NFL. And the right. Panthers are tanking, but they traded him for a reason. Football yeah. is not a sport. So you, you, the, the Panthers still want those ticket sales. They still want those jersey sales. And the okay. NFL was not a sport to where one good running back is going to lead you to the promised land. We've okay. seen some of the greatest running backs of all time be on dookie teams. Barry Sanders, the greatest running back of all time. He's been in the playoffs once. No, no. He, well, they, they, he, he won in the playoffs once. He, he went more than one time, but he only won in the playoffs once. I'm sorry. He went to the playoffs twice. Wait, um, did he? I thought, it was, I thought he went like three times. Oh, that's that's terrible. Can't be. Let, let's see. Let's see. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh man, that's that's rough. That's yikes. Let's see. Detroit Lions playoff appearances. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a little more difficult to find than I thought. I thought it was going to be a list because you can count them on your hand. Um. Oh, he, he went a lot more than I thought. One, two, three, four. He went six times. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He went six Back times. Won once. It was a yeah. That's what I'm saying. He only won once. I know he only yeah. won once, but I know he went a decent amount. But it's a different game now. The rules yeah, but, are different. But, right. Players are different. You know. so, so they they still traded him away for a reason. Um, I still feel like they have issues in trying to figure out passing the ball on their offense. Uh, mm-hmm. They're still in the division with the with the defending champions. They're still in the division with the Seahawks team that's a performing a little better than I anticipated. They're still in the NFC, which at this point looks like the Eagles are going to run away with. They traded Christian McCaffrey for a reason. I think that this season in, in San Francisco is going to be the last of quote-unquote prime Christian McCaffrey that we're going to see. And 
the the Niners were desperate to make a move because right now they're in a sort of you know weak division you can consider it, but I, I don't think it moves the needle for that team whatsoever. Okay, all right, Chris, what you thinking, man? What does this move move the needle for you? Oh uh, yes, uh, yes. It moves the needle to me because, you know, you lost your starting quarterback for the season. So this is a good reaction to that news you got because it gave you some more stability in the run game and also the passing game. Now, Jimmy G doesn't have to throw the deep ball as much because he can keep the ball in Christian McCaffrey hands and he can operate in space. However, however, where there's good, there's always bad. I learned that yeah. in everything you do, where there's good, there's bad. Christian McCaffrey hasn't stayed healthy for the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Three seasons. We all know he's all world talent when he's on the field. But can you get on the field? Come on, Anthony Davis. I mean, I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey. Come on, oh, Christian my McCaffrey. Lord. My Lord. Like, if you can't stay on the field, you're not value added to the team. I So I'm going to tell you this. And I, I was on the fence about this. I was really on the fence about it. But I think I got a clear direction here. I think that this definitely moves the needle for the, for the 49ers. And let me tell you why. Do y'all remember what the 49ers had in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl? Raheem Mostert, they have Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida and uh, I believe, what was the third running back? Help me out. Help me out. It was the running back that was from Atlanta. He he was from Atlanta. Um, oh. um, He was a big dude, but he was fast. He could fly. He, he played in Indiana in, in college. I, I'm forgetting his name. I'm forgetting his name. It was either Campbell or Williams. I it's 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 gonna kill me. I'm embarrassed to to forget this. But I say all was that it was a it was a not Coleman. Was it Coleman? Coleman. Yeah, it was. It was Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Yeah. I wanted to say Tevin Campbell in my mind. I'm like, that's the singer. That's the <laughs> anyway, I this team now has a, a running back committee again, and they have Debo Samuels, which they didn't have last time, which Jimmy G ain't great. I'm never going to be one to tell you Jimmy G is great. But you know what? Do you need a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Look at that last Super Bowl that the Broncos got. Was Peyton Manning Peyton Manning? Or was he like, eh, just a guy that's kind of there? Hey, I always say Terry Bradshaw got four Super Bowls. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This team, to me, they got the running back committee back for basically for dirt cheap in reality. They got the running back committee back. They gave another weapon to Jimmy G. They don't have to overuse Debo Samuels in all these in all these creative ways. And the problem with Christian McCaffrey is that his load was much too high in in uh, Carolina. When he played for the Panthers, he he was averaging like 25 touches a game for the first four or five games last year before he got hurt. He's not going to need to get 25 touches in order for the 49ers to win. So I think that this trade is it's a home run because everybody gets what they need. Christian McCaffrey gets relief to where he's not the entire offense. The 49ers get another weapon to where it's like if you have a bad quarterback or a mid quarterback, you need to surround them with all types of trinkets and, and shiny toys in order to, even if you can't convince the rest of the world, you can at least get by on like, hey, just dump the ball off, get the ball out your hand, make an easy read, make an easy throw. We got really good guys who make these throws and reads easy for you. Make something happen with that. I think that this trade, I think it's a, a winner 
for all parties involved because the Panthers are building for the future. The 49ers are in win-now mode. Everybody comes out better out of that. Now, fellas, we got to get to this segment because we missed it last week, but we're going to bring it back this week. Tell me, what are your facts and your acts of the week? Talk to me. All right, my fact of the week. I was a little hesitant going into it. Um, I, it's only two teams I'm thinking about. Can't do the Eagles because I already did that as a fact of the uh, of the week. I think the Eagles mm-hmm. going all the way. Going over to basketball, I think that uh, the Warriors are kind of a shoe in to repeat. Starting the season, looking at their health, looking at they they got a year older. I think the Warriors might repeat. <laughs> I don't want to say easily. But you know though you know those years where you'd be like uh it, I feel like last year was one of the years where we like the, the Warriors, I don't know if they still got it. And then it was like, all right, we're the Warriors, and they flipped the switch. I mm-hmm. feel like the same thing is gonna happen this season. I feel like they got one more year left in them in the next year is when we're gonna see the 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 wash warriors. Mm. Okay. All right, all right. And what's your act of the week? My act of the week, my act of the week I talked about er, uh earlier in the show is the 76ers supporting cast. I thought behind uh I thought behind the Clippers. And surprisingly enough, um, you know what? I'm gonna change it. Since we already talked about the Sixers. My act of the week is the Utah Jazz's attempt to rebuild. Mm. Cause I looked at the games they played, I looked at the box scores, I watched some highlights all last night because I was trying to figure out why their record was so good. If you look at that team top to bottom, they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA. They don't have an all-star. They don't have a superstar. But I, 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 they do. They do have an all-star. Mike Conley made an all-star game. He did it. He did it. They have an all-star. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, Come an on, all-star. Man. In the words of the guy they, from they Florida, did. a win is a win. A win is a win. All right? A win <laughs> is a win. But they got one of the deepest teams, and I don't, I don't think that was their intention. But at the same time, these are professional basketball players, and even though you know the the Jazz might want to tank, I don't think a bunch of players is out there playing basketball professionally is going to go out there and intentionally lose games. Right, right. I get that. I fully understand that. Fully understand it. Okay, Chris, what's your fact and act of the week, man? My fact of the week is the Chiefs are back. The Chiefs are back. The <laughs> Chiefs are back. All the people that doubted my homie the Goaty, the Chiefs, the Chiefs is are here. They back. They back. And I think that they're here to stay this time. Uh look at they doing a Juju. Juju had an all uh, injured prone year last year. And Juju looks like an all pro receiver this year, don't he? Like yeah. gives. Look at them numbers on that guy. Hey, I, I was mention, about to say, I gotta give him his love. He's showing out. Yeah. Yeah, and then everybody doubted them because they lost Tyreek Hill. But come on, now they've been receiver by committee. Mahomes don't got the greatest receiving core, and he's still making it happen. So I, I will say that the Chiefs are back is my fact of the week. Okay, all right. What's your act of the week? My act of the week is Joe B. I think he just started off the season in a in a out of shape because he looks gassed. He doesn't. He's not really attacking the basket. He lingering around three point line. I think he'll get his act together by week three, four of the league. But I think this hurts his chances of MVP candidate. So my act, the basically the act is, he acted like he was gonna come in this this year strong. But you could tell he didn't really work out as much to start the season. You could tell he's sluggish. You could tell he's a step slower. He out of shape. You could tell from his play style. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I'm going to start off with my act because I 
everybody gonna give me crap for this because I was I like everybody else thought the NFC East was gonna be terrible, and yet somehow Chris was right about the Giants. They have found a way to start off five and one. Which this is here's the part that's upsetting me about these Giants so much. If I if I went up to ten NFL fans, ten people who call themselves NFL fans, and was like, "Hey, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can name me." who the leading receiver on the New York Giants is right now, I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'm willing to bet any amount of money that like, I would not have to give anybody a dime. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. like, I, I have no doubt about that. And I have no doubt about that because their actual leading receiver is, I believe is uh, what is it? Price is his last name. Help me out. Mm Mm-hmm. This this is not a team that like when you look at the numbers and you look at what they're doing, you're like, oh, this is a team that should probably only have one loss. Like this is that makes sense. And yet here they are. Here they are. It's I'm sorry. Richie James is their leading receiver. Richie James is their leading receiver with one hundred and ninety one yards through six (laughs) games. I listen. Listen, let me uh, funny story. Funny story about Richie James. So I sent the parlay to the gang, right? One of my picks mm-hmm. I did Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. I put Richie Gaines on their alternative because Richie James came out of nowhere, right? right. His, his yards was set at 42 yards. I put his alternative yards at 25. It was like, ain't no way, Richie James. Who is Richie James? We don't even know this guy. I'm like, trust me. And he went nuts that one game and ain't did nothing since. Ain't did nothing since. <laughs> but that's that's my point exactly. It makes no sense that this team is winning, but they are. And, and so I my, told you my my act of the my act of the week is on myself for for saying that the NFC East was going to be terrible again this year, and they they're turning out to be one of the best divisions in football. So that's act of the week goes to myself. If only the Commanders to get their act together, right? But but really though, think about this: they're three and four, right? How many divisions would that would you not be the last place team with that? In the AFC East, mm. you'd be tied for last. In the AFC North, you would not be last. In the AFC South, you would not be last. In the AFC West, you would not be last. In the NFC North, you would not be last. In the NFC South, you would not be last. In the NFC West, you would be tied for third, even though technically you'd still be last. So, like, three and four, while it's a bad record for your last place team, right? that's not really that bad. My My fact of the week, my fact of the week, Please listen to Detroit sports fans when we're talking to you about Detroit sports. Everybody, I don't know why people keep not believing us when we tell you, I told everybody, hey, listen, Cade is going to start the season off slow again. I know he looks bigger. I know he looks stronger. But through the preseason, he struggled in ways that kind of looked weird and unnatural. He's going to struggle to start the season off. Uh, how could you say that about Kay? He's your guy. You're supposed to believe in him. Did I lie? Did I lie? I, 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 did I lie? Did I lie to anybody? That's all I want to know. Did anybody? Does anybody want to tell me that I told them a lie? Anybody? Feel free. Go for it. Because I didn't. I didn't. At the end of the day, you're looking at a guy that on the season, his splits are 39% from the field, 35% from three. He's averaging 18 and seven uh, with three turnovers so far this year, four rebounds. He's not played terrible, but I told everybody he's not going to come out the gates hot. He's just not. Right. He's going, like I said earlier in the show, he's a guy that needs time to get warmed up and get in the rhythm and then he'll be all right. I said the same thing about the Lions. I told everybody, 
Hard Knocks got y'all fooled. This is a bad team. This is a bad team. This team's going to be bad. Oh, no. Everybody believes in them, and we like Dan Campbell. And this is, you know, they feel like America's team. Okay. All right. Now they won in five. Look at you. Who, who? Who, who said the Lions was American team? Who, I, I promise you. I, bro, all my life, all my life, there were multiple tweets when Hard Knocks was rolling talking about, are the Lions America's team now? And I'm like, um, listen, I don't even stand for like imperialism and all that, but like America might not want to claim this group as their team. That might not be the one. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we're looking up. And we're seeing what's going on with the Lions when, again, any rational Detroit sports fan told you they drafted a receiver at number 12 that was not going to play for at least half the year. Like we everybody who was paying attention knew this team's probably not going to be good this year. And now look, oh, well, the offense was one of the highest scoring in the NFL through the first few games. And how many wins did that net us? Hmm. Interesting. And then what happened when the defense finally figured it out a little bit? In Foxborough, what happened? The offense didn't score a point. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. The Lions are not a good team right now, and that's okay. That's all right. Again, I told y'all the Red Wings were going to be on the on the brink of being a playoff team last year. Were they not for a good chunk of the season? I'm not going to tell you nothing crazy, but I am honest about my teams, okay? I love them to death, but I'm honest about my teams, so that's all there is to it. I don't know enough about baseball to give you an educated prediction on the Tigers, but again, listen to Detroit sports fans. We will not lead you wrong. We are very honest about our teams. Yes, yeah, so GG are... on the Tigers. But... <laughs> but that's my point. That's my point. We're not going to sit up here and say, hey, Spencer Torkelson is the next Barry Bonds. That's not who we are. <laughs> that's not who we are, okay? So that's just the reality there. And to close this thing out, let's talk a little baseball, fellas, because the World Series is here. Now, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Houston Astros, who wins this thing? Because people are saying it's Bryce Harper, it's the Strolls, somebody that everybody hates is going to get a championship here. Which team do you think is going to get one done here? I mean, it'd be really nice to see, uh, you know, Bryce get one. You know, Philly got a good fan base. Uh, the Astros winning. The Astros sweeping. Sweeping? It's, it's not really, it's not really, but, but it's not really much for you to say. The Astros just took care of the Yankees like they were. Like they were nothing. We can both agree that the the offense is a shining part of that uh of that Philly team. So if they were to handle if that Houston defense was able to handle New York like that, then the Philly won't be a problem uh, at all. I don't want to see uh Houston win another one. I mean Verlander get another ring. I guess that's cool. But yeah, Houston, Houston and four. No matter yeah. if uh it's Philly smoke a Philly Philly freeway Philly cheesesteak, don't matter. Astros. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy? Verlander, remember when we talked about Barry Bonds having two Hall of Fame careers? Is Verlander kind of in that conversation for two separate Hall of Fame careers? I would say, yeah. He's he's moving towards that area where it's like his time with the Tigers, Hall of Fame career. Being an ace on multiple Hall of Fame teams, I mean, on multiple um, World Series winning teams. Mm, it's a heck of a second act. Heck of a second act there. But I say, know. yeah. I could be wrong. Anywho, Chris, who you got winning this thing, man? I picked the Strohs when early when we did our playoff predictions, so I'm going with the Strohs. Um, like I said, they just have top to bottom the best roster to me to 
play for the postseason. Like regular season, no, they didn't. They didn't have the most wins in regular season. But for postseason, they have the best top to bottom roster from pitching all the way down to defense to offense. Now, I will say since it's November, they do have a little slight disadvantage because the Phillies got to play at home. Yeah. So it's a little bit different climate than they used to down there in Texas. But most of the players that played in the uh, play in this series come from the north, so I don't think it'd be mm. a problem. Right. You know, I I was uh, I was playing um, MLB the show the other day, right? And like um, my we lost to the Braves in the uh, World Series. My pitcher is a pitcher for the Tigers. He's like. It's really good. Anyway, we lost to the Braves in the World Series. And the next year, I was, like, looking at the roster moves and all that. And the Astros got Shohei Otani somehow. And when I tell you, I was just like, I was like, all right, well, <laughs> this has been fun. This has been nice. And, of course, they went on to win, like, 115 games or something like that in the regular season. I was just like, yeah. Well, it was fun while it lasted. You know, it was a really great time while it lasted. Um, But, again, I – I am not going to lie to y'all and say I know a ton about baseball. Um, but as much as everybody does not like Bryce Harper, which is really interesting to see. I mean, I think he deserves one. Like, he's been so good for so long. Like, I think he deserves I, I, I one. Mean, that, I mean, I'll say this about Bryce Harper. My bad, guy. I'll say this about Bryce Harper. One player that sticks out in MLB history, right? Mm-hmm. He only stuck out one year for one thing, right? When they played the Tigers. Pablo Sandoval, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know him. People didn't even know who that was until they played. He had them three home runs against the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Right. Bryce Harper, this is your time to have your Pablo Sandoval moment. Pablo Sandoval had a great career. A lot of people that watch baseball know who he was, but if you didn't watch baseball, you didn't know who he was. Kung Fu Bryce Harper, you, you got to know. Yeah, yeah. Bryce Harper, this is your year to resubmit your legacy and show them that you really him. I'll tell you this much. If he goes out there, has a great performance, and the Phillies win this, like, even if you do hate the guy, you got to admit, like, hey, this is one of the greats. This is one of the all-time greats that we're seeing putting on the clinic. So I I think that that's that's the case there. But anywho, we know y'all tired of us talking about baseball and the World Series and who's rooting for the asteroid because there there are some people that are like, hey, I don't want (laughs) to see neither one of these folks get themselves a ring. But come on back next week and a week after that and a week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah, no.